the Lord has put a few things in my heart that I'm going to share with you. And there are four things I believe that the Lord impressed my spirit with that if we will do on a consistent basis. How many of you know consistency is not every other day? Or consistency is not just on Sunday. But when you're consistent, it becomes a way of life. It's something that you do, first of all, by training. And then after a while, you do it automatically. Because it just becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your life. How many of you would like to see some change in your life? I believe that we are continuously being changed. And we are moving up from one level and degree of glory to the next. Amen? The idea in the Christian life is to be conformed to the image of His Son. So that when Jesus appears, we'll be just like Him. Amen? Now these are simple things that I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to stress one of them today. But number one, if Christians would just read the Word, it'd change your life. If you would just, you know, and it's not so much the amount that you read... But it's the quality that you are reading while you're reading. So if if Christians would just read the Word, maybe one chapter a day, and think about what the Word is saying to you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. The second thing I believe that the Lord impressed me with, that if we would just be a people that would continually offer up to Him thanksgiving. Being genuinely thankful. I'm talking about being thankful for that parking place at the mall. I'm talking about being thankful for the good food that you're going to eat after this good food that you're going to eat. Being thankful. To where when you woke up this morning, you had breath. You know, a lot of people didn't wake up this morning. Now, if they're Christians, it's better by far. But if they're not, it ain't so good. Another day, another opportunity to serve Jesus. Thankful. Being thankful. As we cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving, it positions us for God to keep pouring out more on us. The third thing, and this requires a whole series of teaching, is this. If Christians would pray in the Holy Ghost, if Christians would pray in the Spirit daily and regularly, it changed your lives. Because when you speak in an unknown tongue, the Bible says you charge your inner man up. Just like a natural battery is charged By the grace of God, praying in the Spirit, build your spirit man up. It'll change you. And the one that I'm really, really stirred up on is the value of speaking faith-filled words. Words filled with faith dominate the laws of sin and death. If you will speak consistently the word of the living God, 
It'll change your life forever. I'm not talking about those words you speak just in the sanctuary. I'm not talking about the words you speak around other brothers and sisters in the Lord. But I'm talking about the words that you speak in your midnight hour. And we all have a midnight hour. We all face tests. We all face trials. But what words we speak in the midnight hour will either activate God's power or activate hell's power. We don't want to activate the enemy. We do not want to be shooting ourselves with our own weapon. Those words you speak when the doctor gives you a bad report. I'm talking about those words. Those words that you speak when you get the pink slip on the job. I'm talking about those words. Those words that you speak to your wife, to your husband, to your relatives, to your in-laws, and yes, even some of your outlaws. Those words contain in them life or death, power or weakness, health or sickness, Poverty or prosperity, love or hate, faith or fear, joy or sorrow. Because the words that you and I speak, they are containers. And these words of God, sent from God to men of God and women of God, have been sent into the earth. To accomplish great and glorious things. It shall accomplish the thing whereto I sent it, says the Spirit of grace. And so, your words and my words are a matter of choice every day. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your seed may live. Your tongue to your life is what your steering wheel is to your automobile. If you do not like the way that your life is going, if you do not like the direction that the car of your life is going, I submit to you this morning, change your words, change your words, change your words, and you will change the direction of your life. The eyes of the Lord, they're running to and fro throughout the whole earth. And oh, how he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Oh, how he wants to do great and glorious things in your life, in my life, in this church, and in every church in the Bay Area. Oh, how he wants to pour out his spirit upon America. Oh, how he wants to do such great and glorious things. He's watching. He's hunting. He's looking for a people that will pray in the Holy Ghost. He's looking for a people that will be thankful. He's looking for a people that will speak faith-filled words. He's looking for a people that will read His Word and let His Word dwell in them richly. You see, He's looking to put on a grand performance in your life. Thank God The one we serve never slumbers or sleeps. He is active. He is alert. He's watching. He's watching. 
And the angels are listening. And they'll hearken to the voice of His Word coming out of your heart and coming out of your mouth. He wants to put a grand performance on in my life and in your life. So I say to you by the word of the Lord today, don't be conformed to this world. But be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This world that we live in, live in speaks very negatively. They talk about how scared they are. They talk about how afraid they are of the future. Never talk fear. Never give license to the enemy by lending your tongue to speaking about how fearful and how afraid you are of your future. I don't talk fear, I talk faith. Never talk defeat. You're on the winning team. You're on the winning side. I hear the Lord saying, now thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Never, never talk lack. Talk, never talk about what you don't have and what you can't do. And how life has been tough and how things have been bad. But rather, look to the Word and believe it and speak it and talk God talk. Speak the language of redemption. How many of you have learned a second language? I'm not talking about tongues. You know, the Bible says when you get filled with the Spirit, you speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So I'm not talking about spiritual tongues, but I'm talking about naturally you've learned another language. How many of you have learned Spanish? Anybody learn French? How about German? How about Greek? Anybody know Hebrew? Okay. Now, I know one thing for sure, that when you set your heart to learn another language, it takes time. It takes a process of time. How many languages do you speak? You speak three languages. Did it take time to learn those? You didn't just open up a book one night and the next morning be able to wake up and speak fluently in French. Unless you were filled with the Spirit. It takes time. It takes a process. Well, there is a language that Jesus wants us to learn. It's the language of His Word. It's the language of the redemption. It's the language of those that have been redeemed. And it takes time. Because we've been programmed so negatively according to the course of this world. It takes time to learn the Word of God. But all the value of reading the Word and meditating in the Word and speaking the Word and letting His Word come out of your mouth. It will change your life forever. Change your life forever. Look with me at Romans chapter 10 and let's look at verses 8 through 10. Romans chapter 10 says, But what saith it? The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the what? It is the word of faith which we preach. Now notice in verse 9, that if thou shalt think with thy mind the Lord Jesus. Is that what it says? No. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, what will happen? You will be saved. 
Now notice in verse 10. Read it with me. Go ahead. So it is with the heart that man believes, right? And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. There is a connection between the heart and the mouth. Your heart must be engaged with your mouth in order for you to be saved. It's not enough just to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he rose from the dead. You must confess and add your testimony to that glorious fact by proclaiming Jesus is Lord. Now, I want you to notice verse 10. Notice again this connection. With the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That is how I got saved. I got unto salvation by applying this principle. But now listen very carefully. The word salvation there is not just the word to be saved from sin. The word salvation there means healing. It means prosperity. It means wholeness. It means good things coming to you in your life. Now here's the point I want to make. If you want to get unto healing, if you want to get unto prosperity, salvation also there includes a sound mind. Did you know that it's not the will of God for your mind to be unsound? And for you to be barraged day after day after day with demonic thoughts and demonic imaginations? That's not the will of God. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love. And what kind of a mind? A sound mind is part of your salvation. A sound mind is part of your salvation package. It is a benefit of being born again. And you are at an advantage in this life when you can have the mind of Christ. Because there's everything out there in the world that's against you. But I don't care what's against me. I'm more thankful for who's for me. I'm not so concerned about what's in the world. I'm grateful about what's in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm not so concerned about what the devil's doing. I'm thankful for what God is doing. And I really believe that this is part of the message today. Jesus came and bought and paid for you as part of your salvation package, a sound mind. The mind of Christ. Now listen, if you want to get unto these things, unto salvation, unto a sound mind, you've got to hook your mouth up with what you believe in your heart. In other words... You must believe the Word of God and then open your mouth and activate and release what you believe and it will bring you unto full salvation. Oh man, that is a glorious truth. Look with me now over at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua verse, chapter 1 and verse 8. How many of you know that Joshua was Moses' successor? You know, those are pretty big shoes to fill, aren't they? And yet Joshua was encouraged by the Lord himself 
to be strong and of a good courage. He was encouraged to do certain things and given certain instructions that if he would do them, it would cause him to be very, very successful and very well accepted just as Moses was. And in verse 8, now notice this with me. This book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now, this word meditate is a very interesting word. It does not just mean think. It does not just mean ponder. But it literally means to recite and to re-speak God's word over and over and over again. What the Lord is telling Joshua, if you will meditate in this word, re-speak it, think about it, ponder it, even talk to yourself what God's word says, you will be in a position to have good success. Meditate therein day and night. I tell you folks, I am so stirred up about speaking faith-filled words. You know why? Because I know what it's done for me. I know what God's Word has done for me. It took me out of an institution and saved me and filled me with the Spirit. It took me off of the freeway walking around speaking God's Word and got an automobile into my life. It took me out of being spiritually bankrupt and marrying a wonderful Spirit-filled girl. Glory to God takes you out of bondage and brings you into liberty. I know what this word will do. And so he says to Joshua, meditate there in day and night. Meditate there in day and night. You see, most Christians are too lazy to do that. And I don't mean to be ugly. And, you know, throw your stones down. But it's the truth. Most Christians don't want to do what it takes to be a success. It's very true. Most Christians don't want to be a doer of the word. They want to be a hearer of the word. They want some magic prayer prayed over them. Oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Well, we're going to pray for you, but what are you going to do tomorrow morning? Are you going to be a doer of the word of God? Anyway, that won't cost you anything extra. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now notice, read, read the rest with me. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have... You'll have what kind of success? Good success. Now notice, you won't get to the success part and the prosperous part until you've done the first part of the verse. And that is to meditate in the Word day and night. All right? A cooperating scripture with this is in Psalms 1. Turn with me to Psalms 1, and let's start in verse 1. Psalms 1 and verse 1. I'm so stirred up about speaking faith-filled words. I believe the Lord has instructed us to stir you up about it. Because it'll change your life. In verse 1 of Psalms 1, it says, Blessed to be envied is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. How many of you know there's some ungodly counsel out there? He says, don't walk in it. And he says, the man who is blessed 
doesn't stand in the way of sinners. Amen. In other words, when sin knocks, you get out of the way. You've got to do whatever you've got to do not to sin. Amen. Now, if that means getting rid of some of your old friends, that means getting rid of some of your old friends. I know they'll show up on Saturday night and lean on the horn. Come on, we're going down to the club. Remember what we used to do. Shut the window. Amen. Call the police. Call 911. Do what you got to do. But do it. Amen. <laughs> you know, I uh, never hurts to take a little side journey. Sometimes these side journeys help us more than anything. But you remember the story of Joseph? And Joseph was in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife thought Joseph was fine. And she came on to Joseph. Potiphar gone, you understand? Potiphar gone. And she's got Google eyes for Joseph. And she tries to seduce him again and again. But Joseph didn't stick around and smell the cork. There's too many people that are smelling the cork. You know what I mean by that? Well, I stopped drinking, but let me just smell a little bit. Evil spirits. That's why they call them spirits, you know. Joseph didn't stick around and play bridge with her and play cards with her. She literally grabbed Joseph's robe. And Joseph, whoo, took off. <laughs> Joseph got out of there so fast that he could care less whether his robe was in there or not. Now there's a lesson in there for us. The Bible says when sin comes, we're to flee it. If it's fornication, you got to flee fornication. If it's drugs, you got to flee drugs. If it's cigarettes, you got to flee cigarettes. Whatever is trying to bring you down, do an exit stage right like Snagglepuss used to do and get on out of there. Amen. Now, how we got off on that, I have no idea. But the principle is this, is that we are not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We are not to stand in the way of sinners. And we are not to sit in the seat of the scornful. Now notice with me the next verse. In verse 2, but his delight. See, if we're not going to do those things, what are we going to do? We're going to get delighted. Amen. Get yourself a happy meal. Come on now. You know, you've all been to McDonald's and you had a little happy meal. Well, I don't go to McDonald's much. I go to other places, but every meal I have is happy. Get in the Word and get happy. It'll put a smile on your face. Some of you need to smile. See, you didn't even smile like that. But His delight... In other words, this is what he or she gets happy about. 
His delight is in the law or in the word of the Lord. Now notice, and in his word or in his law, does he meditate? In other words, just like the rabbis used to do, and just like they do in Israel a lot of time today, what they will do is they will take the scriptures and they'll go back and forth and they'll talk to themselves and they'll read scriptures and they'll think about scriptures and they'll meditate on the scriptures. You see, when you get in the word, what you're doing is you're stirring yourself up and something on the inside starting to work in your life. You're working on something. You're working on something. You're talking to yourself. You're saying what the word says. In his word, does he meditate day and night? And he didn't stop there. Look at the, this next verse. I love this. And he shall be. And he shall be. Listen, friends. Believing God's word in your heart, meditating on it, and speaking it will cause you to be. It'll make you be what God wants you to be. Do you see that? He wasn't until he had meditated. But once he meditated, the Bible says, he shall be. What shall he be? He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Oh, I want to be that tree that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Oh, somebody help the preacher today. God doesn't want us to be fruity or fruitless. He wants us to be fruitful. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. Now notice this. His leaf also shall not wither. What this means is life won't get all burnt out and torn down and burned up. But he'll remain strong in the Lord and the power of his might. His leaf will not wither. And, now notice this, whatsoever... He doeth. Oh, you didn't read it like you believed it. We got to get a little bit more participation up in here. And whatsoever he doeth. Whatsoever he doeth shall what? Whatsoever he doeth shall what? That sounds like Joshua 1.8. You shall have good success and deal wisely in all the affairs of life. You'll make your way prosperous. If you want to prosper in this life, and you know what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about prospering in your mind. Prospering in your spirit. Prospering in your marriage. You know, Brenda and I have a prosperous marriage. We've been married 37 years. But not just because we've been married that long. We have a prosperous marriage because he's first. He's first. His word is first. And his word has caused us to be a happy woman and a happy man. His word will cause you to be whatever he wants you to be. Do you believe that his word can cause you to be free from drug addiction? Do you believe that his word can cause you to be free from cancer? Do you believe that his word can cause you to be free from arthritis? 
Whatever is contrary to his word, believe it, speak it, and his word will cause you to be what his word says you are. Hallelujah. I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up about speaking faith-filled words. I'll be honest with you. I started this way back in the 70s, but over the course of time, you know, you can see the goodness of the Lord working in your life so much that you can let certain things slip. That you can let faith-filled words slip. Now, I've never let faith-filled words and speaking God's words slip entirely from my life. But I can look back over the past few years and I can say, you know what, Mark? You haven't been speaking God's word like you used to speak God's word. Never stopped speaking God's word, but the tenacity and the aggressiveness has not been as hot or as high as I believe the Lord would have it to be. Now, don't misunderstand me. You can get religious about speaking God's word. You can get into a rut, into a ritual, reading the Word. Okay, I've got to read my chapters today. I'm done. Okay, pray in the Spirit 15 minutes. Okay, get my list of scriptures and speak my... So all of a sudden, you're kind of like some sort of a robot. That's not the will of God. You see, you've got to keep your heart engaged with this walk with Jesus. Keep your heart engaged with what you're reading. Keep your heart engaged with what you're speaking. And when you do that, man, when you open your mouth, you know what comes out of your mouth? Creative power. The same power that God spoke when he said, let there be light. You can look at your body and you can lay hands on yourself and say, be healed. Recently, I had a little infection come up in my tooth. And I was listening to the word about the power of be. Let there be. Be healed. Be employed. Be blessed. Listen, when a man of God, whether it be me or George or Jimmy or Tony or a woman of God like Brenda, Frankie, Pastor Kimley, when we say to you, Be blessed. We mean be blessed. And don't get flaky and say, well, brother, I'm already blessed. Could you use some more? Could you, come on now, could you use a little more blessing? Or are you so blessed that you've arrived? I don't think so. (laughs) Hallelujah. I remember Lester Sumrall, George. Lester Summel was a general in the Lord's army. I'm telling you, when he walked into a place, devils ran and hid. I can remember over there on Marina High School when we had church over there for years. He left his microphone on and when he was going to the men's room. And he, he ran off the platform and the ushers couldn't catch him in time. He came out of the bathroom and he said, that wasn't on, was it? I said, Lester, I said Dr. Summer, everything's just fine now, just fine. But he just carried himself like that. And he'd walk into a service. Smith Wigglesworth laid his hands on him. He was a man of God, a tiger in the Lord's army. And when he said, be blessed, I received it. I received it. 
There is power in your heart and in your mouth when you're serious about this word. You can speak to your body and say, be healed. So this infection came up in my tooth. I had a root canal about six months ago. And then an infection came up. And I was listening to this, uh, I call it tape or CD, on the power of B, the power of speaking faith-filled words. And I said to that infection, be gone in the name of Jesus. And I make the declaration that it's gone. And listen, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Did you know that you can speak to your body? Your body is nuts. Did you know that? If you let your body eat all it wanted to eat, you'd be 500 pounds coming in here. Thank you, Jesus. Your body's crazy. You got to tell your body to shut up. You know your body will talk to you. Your body starts talking to you. It never talks faith. Does it? When's the last time your back said, oh, it feels so good to be healed? Your body will talk to you. When your body starts talking to you, you tell your body to shut up. Body, now you shut up. You talking about eating that whole pie? No, body, I'm only eating half. <laughs> no, seriously, the body the body's just nuts. How many of you know your body's not saved? And so he tells us that we're bought with a price and we are not our own. Therefore, we're to glorify God in our spirit and in our body, which are God's. One way that you can glorify God in your body is talk to your body. Listen, command every organ and every tissue of your body to be normal in Jesus' name. Very interesting article recently that I had come across and I I want to read to you. You got just a few more minutes today? You know, I prepare myself all week long and the notes go out the window and my Lord. But I just got to trust the Holy Ghost. I just got to trust Him that you're getting it. I do this with passion in my heart because I know what this has done for me. And I know what it will do for you. Listen to this article. It's called Patient Knows Best. A study of more than 2,800 men and women, 65 and older, found out that those who rate their health poor are four to five times more likely to die in the next four years than those who rate their health excellent. There is that speaketh like the piercings of the sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You are a wise person if you will speak God's word over your temple. Now notice the rest. It says, this was the case even if examinations show the respondents to be in comparable health. These findings were supported by a review of five other large studies totaling 23,000 people 
which reached similar conclusions according to a guy from Rutgers and someone from Yale University. And this is their conclusion. Listen to this. This is natural medical doctors. They didn't get it out of their own mind. They must have got this from God. They said this. People that have an image of themselves being in poor health will talk about poor health. Even though, now listen, even though they may be in good health, they seem to live out the reality of the image they have of themselves even unto death. Don't talk poverty. Don't talk disease. Listen, there's a... There's enough junk coming against us to help the enemy by speaking fear-filled words and disease-filled words. Well, if I'm not going to talk that way, what am I going to talk? I'm going to talk healing. I'm going to talk strength. See, the Bible says, let the weak say they are strong. That's the language of the redeemed. Let the sick say they are. Let the poor say they are. Now listen, very carefully. God's word will build an image of your full redemption on the inside of your heart. To where you can see yourself down here out of debt. You can see yourself down here healed from diabetes. You can see yourself down here on the inside of you succeeding in life. And when you see it down here, and when you say it out of here, you've got your heart and your mouth in agreement. And the Bible says, if two of you shall agree. Come on now. If two of you shall agree. Let your words agree with what you believe in your heart. Jerry Savelle said this years ago. He said, the Holy Spirit is an artist. Would you? You know, all these artists that have produced all these masterpieces, that didn't come, most of, most of them, from the enemy. These inventions that are helping humanity, that didn't come from the devil. That came from God. But Jerry said this. He said, the Holy Spirit is an artist. And your heart is like canvas. And the Word of God is like oil. And he said, the Holy Spirit will take the oil of God's Word and paint a picture in your heart of your full redemption. Do words paint pictures? What do you see when I say big black dog with a kazoo coming out of its mouth. That's exactly what you see. Train yourself to speak the Word of God. Look over at Hebrews chapter 13 and we'll close because we're going to have communion in a moment. Hebrews 13. And I want to look at verse 15 and 16. Say it with me. I'm stirred up about speaking faith-filled words. Thank God words are power-packed. Words build up or tear down. Words frame our world. Now notice with me in verse 16. Actually verse 5 and 6 I believe it is. That's good too. But Hebrews chapter 13, 5. 
He said this, let your conversation, the word conversation means manner of life. Everyone say manner of life. So when you're talking about manner of life, you're talking about your behavior and also which includes the way you speak. So let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said. Now here's the principle we want to close with. For he hath said. What has he said? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now notice verse 6. So that we may boldly say. Now stop right there. Whatever he has said, I want to encourage you to boldly say. Somebody says, how can I say what he said? Open your mouth. Whatever he said about your life is true. And so as you say what he said and hold fast to saying the same thing about what he said about you, boldly, it will be established for you. For he hath said... I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now here's the principle. Mark it down. Whatever he said, you need to boldly say. Whatever he said, boldly declare it. And when you, be, when you boldly declare it, it will be established for you in your life. Has he said some things about your life? Has he said that you're the head and not the tail? Has he, said, has he not said that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart? Has he not said that he'd supply all your needs? Has he not said the joy of the Lord is your strength. Whatever he said, boldly say, boldly declare, boldly proclaim, and it will be established unto you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Confessing God's word keeps the answer before you. Confessing God's word causes angels to work on your behalf. You know we had an angel walk in the uh, service on Wednesday night? Y'all missed it. Well, number one, Jesus was here. But there was an angel walked right down the aisle here on Wednesday night. Ricky was standing up here. And all of a sudden he started laughing. He said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Angel came up. And when that angel appears in his meetings, he's supposed to pray for people's backs. He did that. And we had a lot of people that were healed. But listen now. The angels of the Lord encamp around about those that fear him. And the angels of the Lord hearken to the voice of his word. And you can be the voice of his word in the earth today. I charge you. I exhort you. Because I love you to speak the Word of God.